Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie. I'm here in uh, outside of Asheville at Franny's Farm, and uh, we're here at Hemp X 2018, and I'm speaking with Amy Case King. Uh, she lives in Mexico, and her company is Delta Nine Mexico. How you doing, Amy? Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Amy, can you tell uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Delta Nine and um, your your company there in Mexico? Yeah, sure. So Delta Nine Mexico is a Mexican national corporation that um, was founded to advance science and research around cannabis sativa. Okay. And so how long have you been in Mexico now? Oh, I've been in Mexico for six years. Okay. Delta 9 will be one year old uh, next month. Okay. We're really happy about that. So what we do is we, um, we're we policy lobbyists, so we're involved in drug policy um changes and coordination of of advancing um, cannabis from an illicit product to a legal product. Okay. Now, uh, I'm very interested in your work with with the United Nations. Now, what are you actually doing with them? So, I am a member, a team member for FAT, and that's F-triple-A-T dot net, and we're a think and do tank, uh, policy think and do tank. And we have, we were integral in getting the World Health Organization to give cannabis a scientific evidence-based review to, t- to attempt to reschedule from uh, the, the 1961 controlled drug treaty. Okay. And so what are you actually doing there? What's some of the processes that you're going through and you're meeting with them? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so um, cannabis from the time of it, of its initial placement into prohibitory control mechanisms in 1925 has never had uh, an evidence-based scientific review showing that it's truly a harmful substance. So our first step was to point out that um, cannabis had not been evidentiary-based to prove that it was harmful. So now that we've got that, um, cannabis is broken up into five different categories, uh, cannabidiol, cannabis plant, cannabis resin, oils, extracts, and tinctures, um, Delta-9 isomers, and Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. So in that, now that they're reviewing it, we follow up to make sure that their methodology is accurate, that the information that they're extrapolating to use in the report is fair and unbiased. We know that there's a lot of research um, that promotes a harm-based effect of cannabis in the community, in the public safety, um, 
but what was the science looking like for the therapeutics. So we just try to maintain that, um, we just try and provide oversight on that. In addition to that, what we do is we lobby the delegates um, with adequate and accurate information and show and just share with them the shortcomings of the process that's being happened. So what happens once the WHO makes their final recommendations for rescheduling, those recommendations are sent to all of the member states in the United Nations for guidance. Those recommendations then go and move on to the Commission of Narcotics Drugs. The Commissions of Narcotics Drugs then hands that out in the form of a resolution um, through multiple discussions and meetings about whether or not cannabis will be rescheduled. So we really don't know what to expect at this moment because it's this is historic. It's precedent. There, no, no substance has ever been descheduled or rescheduled under the, the treaty controls. So we're, we're just at a, a time, um, that's super exciting and, and super scary at the same time. Yeah. And so you just recently started doing this. Is that correct? Um, I've been doing, I've been doing the international work since 2016 when I attended the United Nations General Assembly special session on drug policy in 2016. So heading into my third year on that. Okay. Awesome. What do you expect to, to, to get out of this? I mean, what's the end result that you want to see? Oh my gosh, if, I, if the end result I'd like to see is, is cannabis plan descheduled. Um, I, I don't anticipate that that's going to completely happen. So looking at the way that the scientific evaluation went down, it included um, chemistry, toxicology, epidemiology, dependence, and therapeutic potential. Um, a big gapping hole in that evidence or that scientific look at it was that the, there was no botanical discussion. We didn't look at the cannabis as a whole plant. In fact, in this upcoming final critical review in November in Geneva, uh, the botanical will not be addressed. So we won't hear any discussion about terpenes and flavonoids and so many of the other constituents inside of cannabis. So ultimately what I'd like to see um, us do is get an accepted cannabis monograph, something very similar to what the American Herbal Products Association has developed um, that will show good every everything from seed um, to harvest to processing, handling, um, and and application, because what we know is in traditional medicine, cannabis has been utilized in so many different ways, mm -hmm. and that's also again what the monograph does is it gives us guidance in dosing and application. So that's what I'd like to see eventually is this monograph accepted into the traditional medicines monograph. Now here in the United States. Uh there's a bill in Congress and Senate and in Senate that they're hashing out right now. Um, what do you think uh, uh, the influence of uh, descheduling uh, cannabis uh, in the United States, if that's de deregulated? Okay, so once we take away the once once we deschedule, if if the if cannabis were, was descheduled at the international level, and it well, would I'm talking about the United States level first. What happened? What would that uh, have an effect on the United Nations? 
well, then they would, I mean, they already are saying that the, the U.S. is out of compliance because of the individual states that have legalized, made access to cannabis. There's reporting requirements within the the, the the countries that have signed on to the treaty, they have reporting requirements on every dr scheduled drug, and they have to account for um, importation, production, exportation of controlled substances. So they have to tell if it's a Schedule One, what is it being used for medicinal or, or research, um, if it's a Schedule Two, Three, Four, or Five, and it's being used to produce manufacture medications there's a reporting requirement so technically under under a schedule one which cannabis is we're supposed to have gps coordinates that's supposed to be maintained by a national federal program so the u.s is not doing that in the states that are, have access to medical cannabis so if the u.s were to deschedule similar to what's going on um, in canada there's a lot of questions to answer and they that's why descheduling at the international level is so important because it removes these reporting requirements and then no longer could the U.S. tell its citizens, well, we, we're members of the drug treaty and therefore what you're doing is illegal. So we would have a lot better political um, position as wanting change in the U.S. because we're no longer required for, for the treaty controls. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so all in all, what kind of message do you want to give our audience here at the I Hemp Revolution podcast? Um, that there is a set of standards already internationally um, that we should be taking a look at, and and how that international standard impacts what we're doing in the U.S. For instance, right now you're talking about this bill, the hemp bill. I would assume you were right. talking about the hemp bill. Um, the hemp bill says that we're gonna we're gonna define industrial cannabis as 0.3 percent tetrahydrocannabinol um, content. The United Nations, the Office of Drugs and Crime, has a recommended analysis and identification program already in place that divides cannabis sativa into two types. It calls it drug type or non-drug type. In the definition of industrial cannabis non-drug type, it says that there's a clear formula um, of what defines industrial cannabis. And according to the international standards, that is defined by CBD to THC ratio greater than one. So we are really limiting ourselves by going with a 0.3. And I think the most important thing to know about that is, as, especially as farmers, not necessarily on the end product producer, but as farmers, we shouldn't be limited to a 0.3% um, and have your farm destroyed because you test at 0.5 or you test at 0.7. I think that that's harmful practice to farmers and we should have a little bit more leeway and if we look to those international standards we can really open this up to be more fair um, to farmers uh, it, it, especially considering the nature of farming you know some days are hotter some some seasons are hotter and so you're going to have a little bit more conversion from the thca into the thc uh, i think we could fairly go up to one percent thc um, content in the farm production and and that would help a lot of um, farmers to make more available more products awesome good 
Well, Amy, thank you very much for being a guest on the I Hemp Revolution podcast, and it was great meeting you here at HempEx. Thanks for having me. It was great to meet you too, Freddie. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash IHAMP Revolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host. Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.